zealous to confirm your call and election for if you do this you will never fall so there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ therefore I intend always to remind you of these things Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to arouse you by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. And I will see to it that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word made more sure. You will do well to pay attention to this, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peace be to you, the reader. St. Matthew, let us be attentive. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. At that time, Jesus. 
Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up on a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is well that we are here. If you wish, I will make three booths here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when a low, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the Son of the Holy Spirit. Christ is in our midst. So you may have noticed, if you're listening closely, that things were a little bit different today with the hymns. Or you might have looked at your bulletin and seen all, the, seen all those different hymns. Or if really you didn't notice anything else, you might have seen a table full of grapes up here. All of these should be clues to you. Something's going on today. Today is a great feast of our Lord. It is the transfiguration of our Lord. And this is the day when we commemorate His transfiguration on Mount Tabor. As you heard in the Gospel today, He took three of His disciples, Peter, James, and John, those brothers of Zebedee, or sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder rather, and He brought them up to the mountain with Him. And He brought them up there, And when he went to the top of the mountain, he shined brilliantly. Of course, we know that the words in the gospel are completely insufficient for what they experienced, right? But we hear these descriptions. His face shined like the sun. His clothing was white, brilliant white. And then these two figures appeared, Moses and Elijah. Of course, these two figures symbolize all of the Old Testament, all of the Old Covenant that had been received by the Jewish people. Because we have Moses, who is uh, a figure of the law. He's also one who died a death and was in Hades. And then we have Elijah, who was a figure of all the prophets, and who ascended bodily without having having tasted death. So we have this glorious picture and this scene. In fact, in the Greek, the word is metamorphosis, which for those of you who had your high school English, you might think of Kafka, right? Metamorphosis, what does it mean? 
Well, uh, it comes from morphe, which means a form or a shape or appearance. And then you put that meta in front, metamorphosis. Like metania is a changing of the mind, a changing of the noose. A metamorphosis is a changing of shape or appearance. But the word again is insufficient because, of course, our Lord didn't really change appearance. What did He do? He revealed Himself. He showed who He truly was. He had this figure of humanity which didn't always show the divinity in its fullness, right? But on the mountain, He showed His full divinity. So we also call this this day a theophany of our Lord, a revealing of His divinity. So we might ask ourselves, why did Jesus do this? You know, according to tradition, this was 40 days before his crucifixion. And so that's why we celebrate it today, because this is the 40th day before the elevation of the Holy Cross, which is, of course, a feast day that we commemorate the crucifixion of Christ. And so these 40 days before the crucifixion, he did this. Well, let's hear what the hymn says, the Kentakian. It says, On the mountain you were transfigured, and your disciples, as much as they could bear, beheld the glory of Christ, your glory, O Christ our God, that when they should see you crucified, they would know that your, your passion to be willing, and would preach to the world that you in truth are the radiance of the Father. This is why he had this transfiguration, was to strengthen his disciples. Because he knew they were going to go through this immense trial. Of course, Christ had the true trial. But the disciples had their own trials as well, because they had this temptation to deny him, to flee from him. They witnessed their master. Not They, they were happy when he was entering into Jerusalem, right? And all the people were praising him. But they didn't realize that that was the end of the, the earthly glory. Because then after that, they would be completely left alone because their master, their leader, would be taken away from them, would be horribly treated and eventually crucified. So he wanted to give them something to strengthen them a little bit, right? But of course, this isn't just for them. Because every year, we read about this. We hear about this transfiguration. And so we might ask ourselves, well, why did he do this for us? Why did he go on the mountain? Why did he reveal all of this? And I'll tell you the answer is simple. Because he wanted to show us everything that we will be receiving. He wants to bathe us in that divine light, in that uncreated energy. He wants us to be partakers of his divinity. He wants to crown us with glory. He wants to to let us be with him as much as we are able to bear. Because, of course, we're created beings. We can't fully partake of God. And yet, he wants us to partake of as much as possible. And we even see that in the Eucharist. Our very body becomes his body. Our blood is mingled with his blood. His blood is flowing in our body. This is how closely our Lord wants to be with each and every one of us. He wants to completely transform us, and yes, to transfigure us, so that our form, our shape, becomes completely changed. This is what He wants for us. But most of the time, what do we seek? Instead of transformation, we seek a transaction. We say, okay, God, you want me to do these things, I'll do these things, and then you give me that thing. Right? It's like a quid pro quo. Okay, I follow these rules, and then I get the reward. 
You know, the fathers talk about this. They talk about this as the mentality of a slave or as a servant. Because a slave is afraid of punishment, right? So that's the most basic. We're afraid of hell. And so we want to follow God. Or sometimes we might even be like a slave who's looking for reward. Right? So God teaches us these things. We do these things and we get the nice reward. But is that what God is offering us? On transfiguration, we see the more clearly, not at all. He's offering us actually something far greater than all of that. He wants us to become His very sons and daughters. Heirs to everything that He has, He offers that to us. So, so often, we prefer to just take the, the transaction. I do this and you give me this. Why do we want that? Because it's at a distance. It's safer that way. It's more comfortable. You know, in that way, we keep God at a distance, actually. And that's what the ancient Jews did, right? They had the law, they did the law, and that was it. And then they were righteous in God's eyes. It had nothing to do with an actual relationship with our Lord and Savior. And so we must remember, especially on this Feast of the Transfiguration, God is not offering us a transaction. He's offering us a complete and total transformation, a transfiguration of ourselves. But God's love is like surgery on our souls. And so we must be ready for that surgery. We must not be afraid of that, but always seek to be closer to Him and closer and closer and closer until we are also bathed in that divine light like so many of the saints and like those uh, disciples who are blessed on Mount Tabor. May we likewise have our experience of Mount Tabor. Amen.